0: Talk is Jericho, it is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And I've got one of the newest additions to the AEW roster making his talk is Jericho debut. And what a splash he has caused! Malachi Black is here explaining how he was able to make his surprise debut so quickly at AEW after his shocking release from WWE. He's talking about his time in WWE, what he learned from Shawn Michaels, Terry Taylor, and Paul Heyman why he calls Ricochet his favorite tag team partner, and who he's looking forward to working with at AEW. Malachi also talks about the wrestling scene in Holland, where he's originally from, his fascination with religion, the occult and horror movies, and how all of that led to the creation of Aleister Black and the Dark Father vignettes, which of course led to Malachi Black, who is coming up here on Talk is Jericho. And so is Fozzie's Save the World Tour. We've got one more festival date this Saturday, August 7th at Brought Days in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And then we got a couple weeks to get everything together and to sell those final tickets for the Save the World Tour. Starts in Columbus on September 2nd. Then we go to Joliet, Illinois, Belvedere, Illinois, Kansasville, Wisconsin, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania all the way through to October 9th in Orlando at the Earth Day Birthday. Get all your tickets at fozzyrock.com. Royal Bliss and Through Fire are going to be joining us. There's a few tickets left for, I think, only about eight shows now for the Fozzy VIP experience. Don't miss out on this. You get a chance to hang out with us and hear some songs that you're not going to hear later that night as we do a private soundcheck concert just for you. And, of course, we're headed to Europe, starting November 30th in Manchester, England. We're hitting Newcastle, Glasgow, Dublin, Belfast. Don't forget, uh, Nottingham is sold out. Swansea is sold out. Flint, Michigan sold out. Cleveland sold out. Johnson City sold out. Pittsburgh sold out. A lot of sellouts going on on these Fozzie shows. So go to FozzyRock.com now to check out tickets in the cities where you live. So go see the show and get ready for Malachi Black. You don't need a ticket. You got this one right here on Talk is Jericho starting now. All right, so it's been pretty cool over the last few weeks. Uh, lots of new talent in AEW, and one of them is uh, is uh, Malachi Black, which is a big surprise to have you here, but it was kind of one of those ones that was almost expected. But it was really cool because you, after you left WWE, you were here like very quickly afterwards, only a few weeks it seemed.
1: Yep, I, um, I got my, uh, my, my, my notice. And it read that I had a 30-day out versus a 90-day out, and that gave me a ton of ideas. And those ideas were uh, received very well by a certain Mr. Khan. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rest is history. I made that move because I wanted to make that move, and I wanted to make that move for uh, for a little bit. And I uh, I'm I'm glad I did it because it's been a uh, it's been a great even though it's only been a month mm-hmm. it's been a great month and. Uh, I feel that this is uh, this was the right step, the right the right move for me. I uh, it it it's strange, right? Because sometimes in life you do these things, and it almost like it clicks. It's almost like oh, this was meant to happen. I'm not a religious person by any means, but sometimes it's like it will steer you in certain directions, and it will make you feel a certain way. And then almost as if it's like this puzzle piece that kind of connects, and you're like all of a sudden you go, oh, now that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it, for some reason throughout the 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 anchors of life it now makes sense and this right now me being here and uh what i've experienced in the last four weeks it makes a lot of sense for me on a personal level to be here
0: Mm. it's interesting because you have been working for a long time obviously you you came from europe and we'll talk about that whole scene but do you think the fact that you worked for i'm just going to throw a number out here i don't know 15 years 10 years before you got to WWE made it easier for you to leave or was it the other way around because you had worked so long to get to WWE?
1: So, and this is a thing, right? I never grew up watching WWE. I grew up watching New Japan and mm. WCW. Mm. And because the Netherlands doesn't have a lot of exposure to professional wrestling, we had a, a, a hint of WWF back in the day, mid-80s, end of the 80s, early 90s. And then it switched over on a channel on Eurosports. Where, like, I, th- I think they also used to have um CWA on on Eurosport. I think that, like, did you compete in CWA? Did you compete back in the in Germany? You did, right?
0: I did, but it was for Rene Lazarus in oh, Hamburg, okay. which was kind of right. like the offshoot of right, CWA, right? Right, right,
1: yeah. right, 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 and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm. And then later on, we got uh, we got a WCW and. I wasn't i think i was like 15 16 when i saw my first ever uh wwe pay-per-view and of course i was blown away by the production and like the the the, the new and also wrestlers that i saw from uh, from wcw that mm-hmm. were now in you know in the WWE, you know mesmerized by it, but my goal was never to become or go to WDB until I think NXT kind of started happening where I felt that like guys my size, because obviously I'm not the biggest human being in the, in the planet, nor am I the most aesthetic one. And a lot of my friends would go there and show up there. Guys like, you know, like, like, like Pac and uh, Sami Zayn, uh, Kevin Owens. And where it kind of became a reality for me because now people that I used to be on the independence with are now popping up mm-hmm. in this company, which was at the time labeled as a, uh, as a, um, more of a developmental system and then i got the call and then i completely switched and changed my uh, my way of thinking i just i was like you know what yes i'm going to do this but did i specifically work to become a wb wrestler no i always wanted to go to japan and i did that in 2010 11 and 12 um some of the greatest experiences of my life Always loved Japan, and when I did Japan, and afterwards, like it's almost like you keep making goals. And I'm sure you've had that yourself, where you're like, you know, I want to go here, and, and th- that's my main goal. And then you reach your main goal, you go, okay, what do you want? I want to do next? I want to, I want to win this and this title, and then you do that, and it kind of keeps mm-hmm. progressing. So, you know, then when I got to NXT, one of the one of the things was like, okay, I want to, want to, I want to become NXT champion. So then I mean, you start working to that, you know what I mean? And you keep making these goals, but you know, and for all intents and purposes. Like, NXT obviously boosted my profile, like, to heights unknown, right? And it is, in, in, an, in an ironic twist, it's obviously also the reason why more people now in the entire world know who I am and why I was able to, you know, trans, you know transition and stuff like that. But like I said, like, it was never, I wanted to become a WWE wrestler. But when I became a WWE wrestler, I took a lot of pride in that. Sure. Same as, like, now being an AW wrestler, I take a tremendous amount of pride in that.
0: Well, and that's my point, I think, because you you were focusing on each goal, New Japan, Europe, and, and, and yeah. NXT. So when you got to WWE, I, I guess I'm saying that when you kind of... Because when you've been around, you can tell when it's time to go. Yeah. And a lot of guys don't have that because they've only worked in one com- company, for sure. example. yeah. You have a similar upbringing that I did where I worked for eight years mm-hmm. around the world before yeah. I even got to WWE. Yeah. So then I kind of knew a little bit more about kind of how things really work within the wrestling business. Agreed. You know what Agreed. I mean? The,
1: yeah. the system, the systems, especially when you're in a, in a company that is like more, and I'm talking about X T at the time, that was definitely more made up out of like other independent workers Mm. like the system becomes the same but it is exactly as you're saying towards the end of uh my stint in wb i felt that it was time to go and i incidentally actually said that not too long ago because someone asked me about it And it's like it felt that it was just they made the decision for me Mm -hmm. but you know i I told my wife months in advance like look if this is not working out the way that they promised me it's going to work out I'm going to move on to different things because mm-hmm. I feel that my time, I feel like I've hit a wall and they don't want to push me over the wall. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to keep bumping my head into the wall because eventually like, you know, I, I feel like I owe myself to do more in life than just, just, than just this. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? I, I don't want to be just there. I want to be, I, I want to be a player everywhere I've ever been. I've been a player and I want to continue being a player. And you know, the, the good thing about being here is there is such a, amazing locker room with all these new young talents and you know some of them walk up to me and they ask me some you know, information and I'm and I'm glad that I can do that because I feel like I'm 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 36 you know like like I hope I'm as blessed as you that I can say <laughs> at one point that I can say that I can right. still go for another 15 years which right. is you know to your credit um but we don't have that guarantee it might be in the next 5 6 years that my my knees will give out my back will give out and it's like done and dusted but I wanna make sure that what I leave behind is not only a body of work that people can look at, but also be around for this new generation of kids that will eventually inherit the business mm-hmm. and say, well, I've picked up XYZ from, from, from Tom or Malachi, and I've helped make them better. Because that to me is also important. That's part of my legacy as a professional wrestler too, mm-hmm. is helping the next generation of wrestling become better.
0: How did you end up in NXT in the first place?
1: I got a call from Mr. Regal, um, mm-hmm. They had uh, they had an interest in me because they saw me wrestle in progress. Okay. And uh, Kane Seaman was also one of the people that contacted me. Uh, I was in a good relationship with Kane, too. I was in a good relationship with uh, with Mr. Regal. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like I got invited to come around. And it wasn't like a tryout. They were more like, oh, no, you're here. We just want to see how you work in a group. And um, I had a lot of fun those two days on a two-day camp just like, meeting people, talking to people, getting in the ring. And I was in the ring with uh, with uh, Killian Dane or uh, Big Damo from uh, Ireland. And uh, we did a quick little five, six-minute match before Hunter. And we were already kind of like, yeah, you guys are good. But he just wanted to see us work. And it kind of just, like, it moved on from from there. And about five, six months later, I... Backed up all my things and I moved from Amsterdam to uh, Orlando, Florida. Mm -hmm.
0: And there we go. (laughs) Was it hard to be living in Amsterdam and working progress and working around the states? Would you have to kind of plan everything together or?
1: Yes, but I loved it. Yeah,
0: I absolutely love being that busy. Mm. I
1: love going from man, like on the Friday night or Thursday night, we fly to the UK. We do two days to the UK, then we fly to Spain. We do we do two days to Spain. Monday morning we fly back to Amsterdam, and on Thursday we fly to Ireland, and then like mm-hmm. we go we go to Germany, and then we go back to. I love that stuff, man. Like right. that's uh, especially I, I feel like I'm I'm one of the. Um, one of the few people in Europe that really got to experience that up and down travel, working for mm-hmm. different different companies and different like promotions in different countries. At like you know sometimes four or five countries in the span of a week, and I I love it, man. And then there's moments where I had to go to uh, to L.A. and then the next day right. I, had to, I had to be in Scotland. You know what <laughs> I mean? But I love it. That's I don't know. There's something about that man mm-hmm. that makes me love this, and I think that. You really need to love that. If you if you really, really, really want to do this, you're going to have to find a love and appreciation for the travel that you're mm-hmm. going to commit yourself to because it's going to wear you out. But for me, I learned to love it. And I, I, I don't know, man, there was something magical about it. And I'm really happy that I went through all of it.
0: And that was my point. I had the same experience to where you're not just learning uh, ring lessons, but life lessons, learning yep. how to get by on the road. Mm-hmm. And I always say if you get over in, I don't know, a freaking, you know, bingo hall sure. in Amsterdam. You'll know how to get over in Madison Square Garden and everything in between. Getting over is getting over. Yeah, and when you learn how to do that in different countries, it just makes you a better, well-rounded performer.
1: Yeah, you know, especially in those bingo ha- bingo halls that Amsterdam is very known for. <laughs> <laughs> What's the scene like in Amsterdam and halls? So- is there anything there? yes so there's a company called pro wrestling holland which i started with my buddy Tangwa in 2007 that's still going mm. uh it's one of the few like actual pro wrestling institutes uh there is dutch pro wrestling which is a good company Pro Wrestling showdown and it's it's, it's funny because we have it's such a tiny 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 country yeah. but there's like three at some time, one point there were four different like little promotion all using the same wrestlers but just I having sa- different ideas on how they wanted to run things wrestling in the netherlands is very difficult dutch people are extremely sober-minded it's either soccer football um cycling kickboxing or um ice skating Mm -hmm. you know that's that's the four things Mm -hmm. and even if you look at the 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 olympics or like glory or k1 or that that's that's where we excel you know i mean so bringing in something that is so theatrical as professional wrestling is often met with Oh that's that fake fighting. Huh. Because Dutch people are just very unwilling to yeah. accept that there is more to the world and you know. And a lot of countries in Europe are like that Yes, though. they have a I wouldn't say a resentment towards it, but it's just like not so much an
0: understanding maybe.
1: Maybe the maybe that's a better way of wording it because like if you go to Germany, Germany has a rich uh, culture in catch wrestling. France has the same thing. Uh, the United Kingdom has it. So it's it's well-received in those countries. But then there is a country as the Netherlands where it's a little bit more standoffish mm-hmm. and stuff. But I will say that my presence in as a high-profile wrestler from Europe in the United States has definitely helped the scene mm-hmm. like elevate. And look, there's a bunch of really good wrestlers out there in the Netherlands that deserve a shot. Like guys like Emil Satochi and Tenkwa. Uh, Michael Dante there's a lot of really good guys out there that have performed on the highest levels it's just that they got different opportunities and worked for different companies and they wanted to spend their time different and that's okay but they still did the whole travel up and down and the road and um, you know and to this day try to make wrestling in the Netherlands and in Europe like a bigger uh, bigger experience for everyone
0: is there any other uh, very famous wrestlers from the Netherlands pro wrestlers
1: um I so uh, we had uh, Anton Gesink, who was a, a former Olympian um, who competed for New Japan. Oh, okay. Uh, but this is like I'm talking 60s, 70s. Yeah. And uh, Vim Ruska, who was another famous Olympian who competed for New Japan, uh, but I wouldn't consider them to be like like full-blooded professional well, wrestlers. What was the last one you just said? Uh, Vim Ruska. How would you spell that? Uh W I M. R-U-S-K-A. Gotcha, 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 Yeah, he was a
0: big blonde yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, you might, yeah, yeah. like, I think if you see him, you know who he is. Yeah, right. Because there's a couple of those types of guys that were doing kind of the shoot martial <laughs> arts. There's a lot of them. Wrestling type stuff, yeah. Especially like UWF, like, you know,
1: rings and stuff like that. Right. Like, and funny enough, and I'll send this to you, my buddy Tank actually did this, like, little expose and, like, five, quick five-minute videos on wrestling in the Netherlands and how it kind of, like, went mm-hmm. all over the world. And a lot of the Dutch... Uh, martial artists were like responsible for like rings and they were like high profile fighters in rings and UWF and it's really interesting to see guys like Bass Ritten and stuff Mm -hmm. like that who were at the dawn of that you know what I mean so like and of course Bass Ritten is is, is also famous uh, pro wrestler because he was a New Japan Japan, and he was really good for the limited amount of time that he spent I thought he did great I thought he was but he's one of those dudes that does everything well. Mm-hmm. He's he's one of those one of those geniuses when it comes to like athletic performances and athletic uh it's like a sponge. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And you know, so us us Dutch people definitely have made our mark in the world of professional wrestling and in the world of sports, even though we're such a tiny speck of a mm-hmm. country. So I I'm always very proud to be like a, a Dutch professional wrestler. For sure.
0: Absolutely. Let's talk about where the Alistair Black gimmick came from. But before we do, my favorite electric toothbrush maker, Quip, has a new mouthwash. And this is a game changer. I'm handing it out to all the AEW refs so they have a fresh, minty-smelling breath when they're yelling in my face. I use it because I love how clean my mouth feels after I swish it around. It's so fun to swish it. So thank you, Quip, for keeping my breath smelling fresh and my teeth so sparkling white. Mouthwash should be a key part of your whole mouth's health because it gets between teeth teeth to kill the bad breath germs and help strengthen enamel. Thankfully, the oral care experts at Quip created a super simple way to make mouthwash part of your daily oral care routines. Quip's mouthwash and refillable dispenser kills bad breath, helps prevent cavities and leaves you feeling and smelling fresh. That breath is going to be so fresh. Four times concentrated formula packs everything you need uh, with none of the alcohol or artificial colors you find in other brands. Plus the refillable dispenser comes in five cool colors And it's super small and sleek looking so it fits in any bathroom no matter how big or small. You pump the dispenser once, pour it into the little cup that it comes with, add a touch of water and swish away. So now you can get mouthwash, free toothbrush heads, floss and toothpaste delivered right to your door every three months starting from five bucks. And of course shipping is free. Save money, skip the hustle and bustle of in-store shopping, make your mouth happy and your smile bright and white got to getquip.com slash jericho right now and get five dollars off the mouthwash starter kit go to getquip.com slash jericho right now five bucks off a mouthwater starter kit includes a refillable dispenser and a 90-day supply of quips four times concentrated formula at getquip.com slash jericho that's dot com slash jericho quip the good habits company where did the name? Because uh, first of all, Tommy End was your name at the time. I sure. love that; it's very cool. Yes, you
1: told me about yeah, that. I thought it. was cooler know, it than like a Serial cow. killer, something's
0: <laughs> Tommy End. Where did uh, Alistair Black come from?
1: So initially, me and Hunter started talking about a name, and he coined Alistair Black with an with a double L I S T E R, and I didn't want to be, especially because my style is more like martial arts, but it's Muay Thai and like a little bit of kickboxing. I didn't want to be compared to Alistair Overheem. Oh, you know what I mean? He also Dutch? He's Dutch. Oh, yes, okay. he's there Dutch. And uh, out of respect for him, and I knew that if I would, you know, coin the name as Alistair Crowley, I knew that certain individuals were going to go, Oh, he's trying to, and it worked because I got conspiracy things Man. written all about me and people, exactly, exactly. So, and people thought that I was either like trying to pay homage to the occultist or that I was like a thalamite myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I just knew that it would get people talking. Mm-hmm. I knew that people were, for good or bad, were going to make references between the occult and that name. Right. And, and they did, and they still do because of all the symbolism that I use and, you know, um all all the all the all the you know weird connections that i make with my characters towards the more darker Darker yeah darker side of things and i um you know i I read i read a good chunk of like occultist literature but i also have to keep in mind that i have to find a way to translate it you know because i can't just use iconography that is only known in a certain part of the world and hopefully that people are going to pick it up it has to be in a westernized way that people can like subconsciously or consciously pick that stuff up right. and start making the bridges between them and I think that's that's the tricky part but that's also been a very fun process for me and funny enough a, a video about a week ago by Parts Fun Known I don't know if you know them their their YouTube page and they made this whole expose on the Tommy and to Alicia Black to Malika oh. Black and all the connections between and I, I contacted them because I was like dude you had it like 85 percent of what you're saying is correct he even made connections between some of my instagram posts and like you know the eye and stuff like Mm. i was super impressed by it and like you had you were dropping clues yeah and i just think it's like i want like you you know wrestling can be you versus me it can be but i think it can be so much more you know i i I like making connections and i like making subtleties because i think for me the more i'm in it the the details become more and more important and not just the details in our facial the details in our movement the details in our footwork but also the details in promo promo work or in like stuff that you wear or like little hints that you drop here and there now tying in social media because it's a different world right Mm -hmm. so for me that's where the fun comes from because it allows me to create it allows allows me to keep my head focused on something because i need an outlet I I can't sit still. Like Mm. if you ask my wife, like I'm like when I'm walking through the house, she'll hear me like screaming and making moves and all that stuff. She's like, You're okay, and I'm just like rehearsing promos (laughs) or coming up with with like with like you know ideas for like character things or like I'm written stuff, Mm. like frantically written stuff that i When the music,
0: you gotta you gotta take advantage of it, right? Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. And and and, and it hits a lot. And I think I've I've noted more stuff down than I've ever like translated towards Mm. an audience, but at least I've got a like a good like manifest, you know, to work from But that's where wrestling for me becomes fun when I can drop these little details and where I can really sit and digest it and go, we can do this, we can do that. And funny enough, funny enough, one of the things that you did with Shawn Michaels kind of taught me something, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass or Mm -hmm. anything, or in Shawn's class. And Sean is showing us the angle between you and Sean with mm. his wife involved. Mm. And you gave the shove and it hits hits his wife. And you do something with your facials that tells me, ah, I shouldn't have done that, but I'm taking full advantage of it. But you didn't say mm. anything. It was a nonverbal cue. And I remember seeing that going, I have so much to learn. because. But that was one of the things where I was like, see, I'm right. This is what wrestling is. Wrestling isn't all like, here's the kick and the punch and the throw. Wrestling is a lot of these, what do you do before? What do you do after? And what do you do with it? And how do you connect it? And like, it's stuff like that, that when I question myself, which I think any professional does, and I'm sure you have on many occasions have pondered what the F am I doing or am mm-hmm. I doing this right? It's stuff like that for me that validates that what I think and how I think I should personally, as me, as a, as a professional should implement it, I'm, I'm making the right steps, mm-hmm. I'm making the right move. So I try to always go back to stuff like that where I can subconsciously pick something up and go, how can I do that in my way? How can I translate that to myself? And how can I put that out for an audience mm-hmm. to see and subconsciously an audience, audience to make make that connection in three four months down the line go oh that's what he did you know I, I, I want to give them gifts so they can slowly yes. unwrap and then four months later they get the, they get the gift and that's what you
0: storytelling what I mean? is yeah that's great storytelling yeah. it's interesting what you said about that thing with Sean's wife is that was actually Vince said that to me he said don't sell it like laughing and like sure f- it's like sell it like oh shit like you said like I shouldn't have done that like this is not good yeah still be like trying to yeah. take advantage of it you did it perfect but deep down inside you know like you just went too far yeah. now you're gonna die yeah and it was such a great little point <clears> from <throat> him because he was right because most heels would be like ah you know the, the snidely whiplash yeah. rub your mustache aha and it was this was the opposite of like oh yeah. no this is bad and that's what wrestling it really is it's yeah. the facials and the storytelling yeah. and connecting those stories to the crowd so yeah. that they get into it
1: yeah no and I agree and like you know, and at, at the same time, um, you know, for me, that is about 70%. And the other 30% is obviously the in-ring action. Yeah. And it has to connect too. It has, yeah. it has, it has to mesh, right? Um, but it still comes down to how do you build, how do you climb that mountain? Here's the peak of the mountain. How do I now descend the mountain? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, what's my act of selling here? What is my proactiveness here? Like, 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 where do I go from here? And how do I connect those again? And how, do, how can I revert back to what happened here and how do I draw it back in so that it matters. Right. And Again, for me, that is the art of wrestling. And I always feel, and it's funny because I have this conversation with Terry Taylor a couple of times. Mm. I always feel that I have one foot in the old school and one foot in the new school. I feel like I started early 2000s when it was still a very much an old system in place. And a lot of the older, older guard from the late 80s, early 90s, and like throughout the 90s were still working at that time. So I had them as to kind of like tutor me to an extent. But then I also grew up in the new modern era of professional wrestling where the Daniel Bryans would come up and the CM Punks and and the Paul London's and the Spankies and the Super Dragons. And you know know what I mean? And the Kevin Steens at the time, you know? So I had a perfect, I feel like I had a perfect breeding ground to pick from both sides. And then obviously later on, having uh, a lot of input from a guy like Terry Taylor and a guy like Shawn Michaels and really molding that. And I, I feel like it allows me to like translate something that worked back then and put it in a package mm-hmm. for a 2021 crowd and still get that reaction just in a different in, in a different light, which I think is very important because a lot of the stuff that comes from the era where you grew up in you know it still goes mm-hmm. today all these yeah all these principles like they work mm-hmm. and they work really really mm-hmm. really well you want to you want to you want you be want to become you want to become su- successful at this look no further than what people have done before you right you don't need to reinvent the wheel because the wheel is so good that it's still spinning now and i think that's if anything i would ever give a message to any of like the younger people listen to your podcast i think that would be it you want to Become you want it you want you want to take this to the next level. Look at what of happened course. before.
0: What's old is new. One hundred percent. Speaking of advice, let's hear some of the advice that Shawn Michaels gave you. But before we do, Malachi, if you're a do-it-yourselfer mechanic working on your car, you need RockAuto.com. RockAuto offers the lowest price possible to everyone: chain stores, professionals, and do-it-yourselfers. Everybody gets the same low price, and it's always the absolute lowest. That rock auto can sell for they don't change prices based on what the market will bear they don't run their company like the airlines do so rockauto.com is for everyone and does not require a membership or account login rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers the rockauto.com catalog is very easy to use You can see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brands and prices that work best for you. And like I said, the prices at rockauto.com are the same for everyone. rockauto.com is everything from engine control modules to brake parts and tail lamps, You can get motor oil and new carpet and then have everything delivered right to your front door. Go to rockauto.com right now and be sure to type Jericho in their How did you hear about us box so they know I sent you. That's rockauto.com and type Jericho in the how did you hear about us box. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need. What kind of advice would Sean give you, and what kind of teachings would he would he give you?
1: Sean, because Sean was always a small, it was considered a smaller guy, yes. but he re- revolutionized the business. You know, like a lot of times, and he, he used to tell me a lot of times people would say, "Oh, he doesn't know how to wrestle; he just does moves," mm-hmm. right? Because that's, that's that's that that concept. He's like, and ironically, that's what comes back now. You <laughs> yeah. know.
0: Um, that's what he's saying. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. You know what I mean? And that, that that's something that comes back nowadays in this modern era as well. Oh, These guys can't wrestle. But Shawn used to, you know what I mean? Shawn <laughs> yeah, would, yeah, yeah, Sean right, would yeah, get the yeah. same. Cri- Terry Taylor used to tell me that the, the, the guys in the locker room that he was with would tell him, you guys don't know nothing about wrestling. Yeah. You're all a bunch of marks that just do moves. You know what I mean? And and, and that was just funny to hear that guys like him and, and and Michaels, guys from two different eras, would get the same criticism that a lot of us get now. Yes. But you know, and he he and, and he would he he was one of those guys t- for us to make it okay, but find a way to do it. You know, find a way for it to make sense. Like you're never ever going to convince everyone, and your goal is not to convince everyone. Your goal is to progress the business in the way that the business is installed in 2021, by also maintaining the old school mm-hmm. and maintaining what is relevant and keeping an ear on the ground to look at pop culture and what is what is current right and then sean was great at that and funny enough terry was good at that at the time but obviously me and terry have had plenty of conversation where terry (laughs) felt that he was like terry was also someone who told me he's like hey don't do what i did right you know where i would fight the system every step of the way i want you to be i want you to be successful i want you to be this i want you to be that so you know you're gonna have to very candid oh yeah terry's yeah, yes he's a
0: wide open book so yeah, I, yeah terry
1: like but but like from an emotional point of view from a human de- humanitarian point of view i love terry taylor mm-hmm. i me owe too. yeah i owe so much to terry mm-hmm. i speak to him every week you know we'll g- brief little chat um him and me got real real personal in, in my time and I see i love that man like it's my mm-hmm. like he's my father i really do and he was the one that guided guys like hunter and sean right. in those eras too right. so all his teachings yeah you know, came through Sean, came to me, and sometimes through Terry, and like Terry just made me really aware of what good, solid work was. You know, how to apply holds and how to work holds, and Terry's a big hold guy, Mm -hmm. and hey guys, it it might be 2021, but holds still hurt, you know what I mean? And like the snugness and the tightness and the aggression and the facials and, you know, (laughs) and, and like basically implementation of violence. Because that's a very important thing. Like, I feel a lot of times people now, they go through the pacings, mm-hmm. but they forget, you know, they forget all this and yeah. they forget their, you know, they, forget, they,
0: they forget their violence and... The face is the money. It's that's never changed. Yeah. It's never changed.
1: Exactly. And like, I feel like a guy like Terry, for me, especially because of the installment and The Next Table, so stoic. But then when I had to flip the switch, it was there. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I thank Terry for that, to really bring out that violence and like, you know, we would spend hours after class was gone and he would just put me in a corner and he would beat me up and i would get somebody you know, i would beat them up and just like really getting yeah, out yeah, that you know getting that aggression out and like giving me all these little tips and tricks and it was like nowadays i'd say i blow up more in a hole than i do during any yeah. any type of spot because i'm so I'm, I'm like i'm trying to be so animated it's not
0: a rest hold it's no a no wear down that's that's, that,
1: that's a made-up term rest hold they do not exist something
0: resting about it, no 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 not
1: not, not not at all and Again, but that's that's the fun part of the journey for me. The fun part is knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I will forever be a student of what we do. And I will never shut myself off from listening to other people because I feel that everyone will have valid points. And even if a person says something to me that I can't work with, now I know Mm -hmm. that it's not in my wheelhouse and that's also okay. But being a student of the game is something that I'm very proud
0: of. Miss this, when you got called up to WWE, what was the gimmick of Aleister Black? Because they had a lot of different production things with them, with yep. Druids and that sort of stuff. <laughs> what was the overall, like, what were you told when you got brought up? So I got
1: signed for the Tommy End gimmick, which was a version of the Aleister Black gimmick. So the stoicness was there. Tommy End was just a little bit more sadistic, kind of what you see with this Malachi character. Yeah. Just like I would say that the Malachi character is more minimalistic in terms of, like, presentation. I try to grab as little amount of resources and try to make it as big as I can, which is something that, funny enough, like we went over an entrance thing today that I really think I nailed because <laughs> I'm only using like one one thing and I think it really works. Yeah. The also black character, I often kind of like joked. I, I, I like, because I find the idea of possession frightening. Again, despite not having any real religious uh, connections in my oh, life. possession, demonic Yeah, like possession, demonic possession. And I always, I always, um... I always find the, the connections to like, whether it's a mental health issue versus a religious issue, I find that debate always very interesting. I, I, I've read a lot of material about that because for some reason it fascinates me. But I also find it equally frightening that the concept of another person living in your head is a possibility, you know, people that have multiple personality syndromes and stuff. And I've always thought that was a very interesting, albeit very scary thought. You know what I mean? Like, like in especially in this modern era where mental health is much more yeah. to the foreground. Yeah. You know, and I think some, in some ways I've always tried to like exercise not just my fears, but also my interests through characters so that I perhaps have a better understanding of what it is, why I'm so interested in it. Big fan of horror movies as well. I love cinematic stuff. So I try to make my characters as cinematic as possible. So I tried to tie in the things that I love in my characters, which is um, I read a lot about religion. I find religion super interesting. Mm. I find it very interesting. Uh, occultism, uh, possession, and music, predominantly black metal, hardcore mm. metal stuff like that, and the iconography that came from it. I once told Hunter, "I want to be the. I want. I want. I want to be. I want to be." The bands that kids use to rebel against it. I want to be the I remain as the Black Sabbaths. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be the pentagrams on, on 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 the posters on the walls, and kids saying, "There's nothing wrong with me. Yeah, I can yeah, still yeah. be successful. Yeah. But I can do it my way. I don't have to do it your way." Yeah. And that's kind of the guiding light that I wanted to have, you know, for the for, for a lot of these like you know somewhat younger, somewhat you know kids that felt different. Man, I felt different when I grew up. I wasn't regular kid. I knew I was never going to work a nine to five. Mm-hmm. I knew that. You know, because it just didn't appeal to me. And I'm sure it never appealed to you neither. It it was just like, for some of us, it just doesn't click. And, you know, we will jump through hoops if we can avoid that. What we personally consider mediocrity. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's just it wasn't for us. It wasn't for us. And I think that's good. I, I think fighting for individualism or fighting for your dreams is a very, very good thing. So I wanted to represent all that in my characters. But the connection was... There was once a, um, there were two poems that I read. One poem was when 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 Lucifer fell from the sky, did he vow to take revenge against his father and the angels? And like, he was he going to run man into temptation and drag him all to hell and destroy the world? Mm. Yep, he did all that. But I think the first thing he did was cry because he was just someone's son trying to get his father's approval. And I thought that perspective was so interesting. But then I also thought to myself, Right, what if he woke up with amnesia mm. and he knew he did something bad. He knew he, he knew he did something wrong, but he can't, you know, he know that something something inside of him isn't right. Right. Something inside of him is, 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 is mad, anger, evil. But now he wants to redeem himself because he thinks that's the way for him to get rid of it. And I I, and I think for a lot of people this like this might go too far. A lot of people are kind of like, okay, you lost me, and that's fine. That's fine. You know what I mean? Right. But it's just the way I implemented, and clearly it's worked because mm-hmm. you know I, I had I had pretty good levels of success with it, and I um I I use different 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 demons from King Solomon's uh, lesser lesser um key, lesser key um to like implement in my characters, and I like you know I use like different like character traits that they have, or like colors, or like 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 certain symbolisms that they have. Again, because I find that interesting, not because I believe in it. It's just right. like I find all these things sure. to be super hyper fascinating. That you know, people have written about this. There's people who like, 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 like passionately believe in the stuff, which I find again fascinating. What they you know, what 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 the human mind allows one to do, and like again, not that it's not okay, but from from my perspective, I find the human mind to be super fascinating, mm. and it's stuff like that that really makes me think. Like okay, but what am I convinced of? You know, mm-hmm. what, what are my convictions, and wh- 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 what do I think, and where do I draw the line? And again, I think a lot of it is just me filtering my interest through my characters while still maintaining a cinema, you know, a cinematic idea, almost like Hollywood esque type mm. uh, presentation of this, perhaps not always over the top character, but this character that has points of understanding for people that see it and there's of course people are, that, that, that are going to see it and they're like I don't get it mm-hmm. but you're always going to get
0: it but that. that's okay that's, part that's, of 100%, that's yeah. 100% okay Let's talk about your entrance too, Malachi. But before we do, big thanks to Diamond Dallas Page and his DDPY program for making this episode of Talk is Jericho possible and for keeping me performing at my best in the AEW ring and on stage with Fozzie, whether it's against Nick Gage or whether it's against Juventud Guerrera or whether we're rocking Brock Days August 7th. DDP has done wonders for me and so many others that can do the same for you. And Dallas is so sure about that that he's given everybody free access to the DDPY app for seven days and then he's one-upping that with 20% off a DDPY subscription when you sign up at ddpyoga.com Jericho. It's a great offer and like I've said many times before, I do DDPY everywhere and anywhere backstage at AEW, Fozzie gigs, hotel rooms, my living room, my front yard, so easy to get started, just download the DDPY app and go. You can get it for iOS or Android. I've got it on my phone. Then you go to ddpyoga.com/jericho to sign up for 7 days of free access to the DDPY app and take advantage of 20% off the DDPY app as well so you get 70s for free and then 20% off the DDPY subscription right now at ddpyoga.com Jericho and don't forget to watch the inspiring story about how Dallas created the DDPY program and the new documentary Relentless available now on Amazon Prime change your life start today at ddpyoga.com Jericho that is ddpyoga.com slash Jericho Talk about your, uh, your entrance, because it was very cool. It was kind of mm-hmm. like a levitating yes. coffin <laughs> sort of thing.
1: Yeah. So I got a text from Hunter uh, one morning. He said, what do you think of this? And he shows me this like big lift that goes up. I was like, so I lay on then it comes up. He's like, yeah, you, it was going to be for Taker, but Taker, Taker, Taker was too heavy for it. Mm. So he's like, what do you think of it? I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And it wasn't originally intended. I, don't, I never know why why Vince put this creek with it, uh, but it was never intended to be like an actual board <laughs> until Vince decided it was an actual board. <laughs> uh, it was just meant for me to just basically rise out of the mist. That's why the whole thing was black, and in mm-hmm. certain shots mm-hmm. you couldn't really see that the board was elevating gotcha. me. It was more
0: of a, um, a like a visual trick. Yeah, almost.
1: Yeah, it was a visual trick. It was like a material, you know, I was materializing almost yeah, 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 through, yeah, yeah, through, yeah. The, through the smoke. I thought it was cool. I thought it was different, man. I thought it was cool. And I thought it added such a cool layer to the entrance. I thought it added a cool layer to, you know, the Alistair Black character. And just, like, entrances in, in, in general. I like to think that if you go back in a modern era, perhaps not the past era, but in a modern era, I think that my entrance is very definitely unique. on par. you're yeah, v- yeah, v- right, Very on par with any unique entrance. Like, sure. one of the more unique entrances that, like, we've had in the past. 10, 15 years. I'm sure there's plenty more that were equally or even more unique than mine, but I'd like to think that that is definitely for, for the last five, six years, the, the end that memorable. people will go to go like, Oh, that was very memorable. Yeah. Like you said,
0: there's a lot of, of, of talking about Paul Heyman and being a big, uh, a supporter of yours. Yep. Cause that, I think at that point in time, he actually might've been booking the show. But either way, Paul was very much backing you into yep. becoming a very major player. Mm-hmm.
1: Agreed. Right. Um, since day one, me and Paul have meshed. Mm. I love that man. Mm. I have so much love for that man. He's always been really good to me. He's been um, blunt with me, which I appreciate. I appreciate people being blunt with me. I don't like to dance around subjects. Yeah. So just tell me how it is. Especially in this business. 100% yes, especially in this mm. business. Paul had big ideas with not just me, but with a, with, you know, a lot of younger people, like Buddy Murphy was mm. being one of them as well. He once told me that he had one night of control that was the first night he was on
0: he had one night that was it yeah
1: gotcha and after that everything became a fight and everything became, you know, right. well, maybe a fight is not the right word, but everything a became mm-hmm. a debate. Yes. And which, which I can understand, you know, but sometimes it makes you wonder. And I let that go of what, what, what could be, because we were fighting tooth and nail to get me out the room because the room needed to progress. Cause it was the same thing week and week out. And the promos be, in my opinion, became more and more vague.
0: Oh, you were doing your yes, stuff where you were in the yes, room asking yes. someone to knock on your door yes, or something. exactly, right, right,
1: right. And you know, that ran for a little bit and people started, you know, it, it came. But as it was as it was supposed to transition to something else, it didn't. So it kind of went back down because yeah. we wanted to get it to one point and then completely switch it up. Yeah. Because that's how you do it. That's how you progress. Right. You have to go to the next level. And this had, in my opinion, had shelf life. Mm-hmm. And I think Paul felt it had shelf life too. And we just wanted to progress. But the progression was just never approved. The yeah. progression just never came. And eventually I became just lost in a shovel. And because the progression, because the discussion wasn't had. And when the discussion was tried to be coined, it never went anywhere. No matter how many times I knocked on the door and tried to sit down and like explain and like, Look, we got to do something. It was always like, no, no, no. Look, you know, we're good here for now. An and I'm like, no, we yeah, need you to. Feel
0: the momentum. Like
1: exactly, it. because you know, when you're in when you're in the business, some for so long, you feel when it's time to like shift the dynamic. Sure. You know, I feel mm-hmm. that's how you've been able to reinvent yourself so many times because you knew, all right, I can I can take this till here. Now I got to switch it up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt. Like, all right, now we got to do something new. And I generally thought that after the Buddy Murphy thing. Here we go. And then it was right back in the room. And I was like, ah, oh, that was the wrong move. Because yeah. we had momentum. We had steam. Buddy went with Seth. Because you did a feud with Buddy? Yes. Gotcha. Me and Buddy had a well, a little mini feud. Yeah. Like basically Real what story. what 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 he wanted to do, he's like, I want to set something up between you and Buddy that we can come back on WrestleMania in three, four years, maybe five years down the line, where you know, we lay a foundation Starts now. Here, yeah. Exactly. And then five years from now, we circle back around it, but we make it bigger and we put it on a bigger stage and we can draw from you know, what you guys did there, you know, it writes itself because that's how wrestling's done, right? You plant some seeds, a couple years down the line, you pay it off because that's, that's the beauty of what we do. We don't have to immediately like grab, grab a shovel and like dig Mm. it right back up. We can, we can let it sit for a while, but it just never went there. I never really felt that I transcended despite what, you know, the promises were, what the words were. And you know, like at one point you feel like you've thrown everything into the wall, which I did, and um, you know the rest is history. Like I'm very thankful for my time. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very thankful to Hunter and very
0: thankful to Vince. Uh, Do you think Vince just didn't understand this character, or was it some, was it maybe a? And here's what you always have to think of too was it was it a power play with Paul, where it's like, okay, well, Paul, I'm going to teach you a lesson. You know what I mean? I think he's done that with Hunter a few times with NXT guys. Sure, we know that for sure.
1: Yeah. Since day one, Vince was always very fond of me. Yeah, I've I've had good conversation always, but I definitely think that there was a moment where, where where Vince was like, "I don't know what to do with this guy," and every time I tried to say, "Oh, well, why don't we do this?" Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. I it's think an yes, I think Vince was very keen on figuring it out himself, but I think he never did, and I think that is kind of what put the nail in the coffin. And then when we did the uh, the Dark Father vignettes, which he approved, which he loved. This,
0: this is when you were gone for a while, right? You were yes. off for six I, months or I was whatever. only
1: supposed to be off for like six to, six weeks to, uh, to eight weeks. I was supposed to come back with Rumble. You know, this Dark Father thing was supposed to speed up, and then it turned into seven months. Wow.
0: Yeah. So then you had just started. What was the Dark Father vignettes? So what was the concept of that?
1: So the concept is um, I had a bit of a vague childhood, in a sense. And they were based off things that I experienced in my childhood ah, gotcha. with with religious connections and stuff. So I, I know how to play those characters. And that's, I think, also, again, going back to me trying to filter my personal experience and interests through my characters. Like, it's, it's an outlet. You know what I mean? This was another one. And I knew I, knew I could portray this. And it had, like, this... You know, the the, the connection was made that this character just had such a disdain for how the society turned into be and like the ways of the old would be, you know, would be much better and the ways of the new should be condemned. And if they weren't going to be condemned, he would just drag everything with them. So this was basically a very remorseless character, very vile. And basically the old man yelling at clouds, not wanting to commit to what is new. And, 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 you know, to put put it in like a very simple, simple term and just set on. You know, hindering the progress of the world because the old was better, and that was a real thing back in my childhood, where that was like in the in 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 a very religious connection. What was done, just like these people not agreeing with the state of the world and the progression that the world was making. Whether that be in in society or medical research or uh, the way women w- would dress or the way men would behave, and like it was a very cut dry. Men are here to work because they're all sinners, and women are here to bear children, and that's it. That's that's all you do. You you will work your entire life to pay up the debt because, obey the debt because that's what you're here on earth for. Because you right. have to secure your place in in in, in the afterlife, mm-hmm. and that's that's a real thing that was in my in my childhood, and that's kind of where I based all this gotcha. up. And it was hyperbole, of course, because there was never like ritual burnings in the f- uh, in, in 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 a forest. But I have to make again these cinematic connections for people to go like I went to this, these 70s cult movies and stuff like that and a little bit of a little like children decor and stuff like that yep. and kind of draw, draw some, yeah, it's, <laughs> that's where Malachi comes from too but Malachi also means messenger yeah so Malachi black dark messenger and he actually on that video he actually got that which I thought was brilliant mm-hmm. that he got it mm-hmm. and Malachi was also a lesser prophet like a smaller prophet and and like I like making those connections because the cinema the, 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 the more Hollywood cult stuff makes people kind of sink their teeth into it because they've seen that before because everybody understands that part and then the character was going to explain himself not only through these vignettes but through his actions and through different types of promos and basically condemning everything and Mm. because like we all know you know we all know that one teacher that was unwilling to understand that the world was different all these kids need to need to behave and you know what i mean and that's that's where a lot of that a lot of that comes comes from and i understood that because i lived it
0: Mm -hmm. So those those vignettes were running. Yes. The dart Father. Yep. And I remember there was a big buzz about it he actually even had an angle. I think it was with big E. Yeah. And then suddenly it's all over and you're gone. Yep. What do you think happened in between these things? Everything um, was going in a good direction.
1: So, you know, like I have been told the actual reason mm. which I can't mm-hmm. like, you know, I can't yeah, sure, of course. I can't talk about that because it's number one. It's also not no longer relevant, right? Because
0: like you know, like I'm here now. It doesn't and, really matter what no, reasons. But no. did you see it coming at all? No. Oh.
1: Because two weeks before the before I attacked Biggie on the night of the last vignettes vignette, I had to sit down with Vince, and uh, he was very convinced of it. He liked it. I just wanted to get his thoughts. I hadn't seen him in like six months. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot, a lot happened at that point. Right. So I wanted to sit down with him a little bit and kind of see how he was doing. We had a little bit like a, you know, just a normal conversation. Uh, Like I said, I wanted to gauge his, like, you know, how do you feel about it? And he was like, yeah, no, I like it, like a lot. And then, like, we did the vignette with, uh, sorry, we did the attack on Biggie. I came back. Something about it just didn't feel right. Mm. And I told my wife as well, something about it, I don't know what it was. The way he looked, the way, something about, there was a disconnect. Mm. Not a disconnect is in, like, I don't get it, but more of a, I kind of felt that he had made up his mind even back then. Gotcha. Which is you know, he it's probably his company. did. Yeah. It's, you know yeah, exactly. It's his company, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, no harm, no foul. And then when it happened and I said this like a, about like two weeks ago when, uh, on uh on a on a different interview, Johnny A's calls me and um you know, even he was confused. Mm-hmm. Um he's like I have to let you go. Oof. He's like, I uh I have a list of people today and you're the one that I've put question marks behind. I don't get it, but I can, you know, I, I'm sorry. This is a, we're invoking the rights for our 90 days. And with everything that happened and everything, the way it went, and then like with the vignettes and then just like, you, you just know, you had this gut feeling. Mm-hmm. I saw his number pop up and I look at my wife. We're in the gym. I was just warming up. And I remember thinking in my head, here we go.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. why would he call me right. on <laughs> a Thursday morning, yeah. right? So that conversation happened. I, I, was, I, was, I was shocked, mm-hmm. you know? I was kind of like, shit, we just, John, we, we just, sorry. it's like, kid, I don't get it. A <laughs> couple of names on my list, uh, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I really don't get it. I don't get why you, but uh, sorry, kid. Uh, Phone is always there, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, again, love Johnny. And um, my wife started crying because she knew. Mm. My wife immediately tears in her eyes. And I feel so bad for her because you know yeah. she was about to come back and one right, of the main right, right. reasons why she wanted to come back is because I was there Yeah, which was more or less the driving force mm-hmm. other than the promises that they made her of course and I started laughing once that initial shock passed we drove back because I'm obviously I didn't want to work out anymore I was mm-hmm. like F- this day and the car just started laughing while she's still kind of like half in tears and she's like well what are we going to do I'm like I think we're going to be fine sweetheart. I think we're going to be more than fine contact with my agent spoke to him for a little bit we had a little bit of laugh about it too but I the, the last thing I felt was bad man I didn't feel negative neither and like it was such a nice feeling not to feel that I didn't feel bitter I didn't feel angry I didn't feel hate I still don't sure I I'm like am I critical of everything yeah of course but how can you not be right it's like are you not allowed to be you know critical of like things that could have didn't. you want to
0: analyze it sure yeah sure
1: you know and again I have no ill will towards anything. It's also not in my in my nature to have that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm a very, you know, pretty easygoing guy when it comes to that. I, I don't like to harbor mm-hmm. like a lot of ill feelings sure. towards anyone because it, it, it's never helped me. So why should I start now? And it is what it is. And I immediately started making plans that same day. I drew up tons of plans, tons of ideas. My creativity came, came, immediately came back and I was like, all right, cool. Let's move on to the next mm-hmm. thing. And then the notice came in and then like conversations started happening and then, poof, I kick Arn Anderson in the face. And, go rose, you know what <laughs> and
0: not, and not to, to get to much you it, basically that 90 days was 30 days yep. due to a, some kind of a loophole, right? And that's so, why you're able to come here so fast.
1: Because th- that was quick. I think they forgot about it. <laughs> I think they forgot to update it. I remember uh, seeing that. I took a picture of it, and I sent it to my agent. I'm like, dude, do you see what I'm seeing? He's like, mm. does that read 30 days? He's like, I think it does. So I contacted, um, I contacted someone
0: mm.
1: within the company. I said, look, am I reading this correct? And this person said, no, that's correct. Even now, I'm looking at it. You have 30 days. I'm
0: like, all right.
1: Perfect. All right.
0: So so your your journey to AW is fairly fast. It must have been yep. very quick. The deal got done very quickly.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, like 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 the, the, between between my agent and other people, mm-hmm. there was because obviously I can't, I can't be involved in anything. Yeah, yeah but, of course. You know, you have to stay away from that. And we did that. But then when the contract was over, I said, look, this is my idea. What do you think? Do you like it? And like... I think Tony appreciated the urgency of it, and the and the I got to act now, and I think he made a good call because I think it was a, definitely one of the most viewed things that like happened in recent times. Um, if I if I give myself a little <laughs> bit of a you know a little bit of a pat, and I already had this idea that I wanna, wanted to make this like little little movie because again I wanted to get some stuff out of my system, which I did through that little the devil make me do it yeah. movie, and um, I was like, well, why don't we connect the two? You know, why don't we like you know? Why don't we connect the uh, the, light, the lights cutting in the in the video with 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 the show? Ah, I
0: gotcha. And in Miami, right? Yeah, yeah. And,
1: but it was it was perfect because it was a, a storm warning <laughs> yeah. at the same time as well. <laughs> and, then, right. and then I was told that the wiring of that building was actually kind of iffy, <laughs> and they did such a good job of like kind of like selling it as like oh you know we're having we're yeah. guys some light tickets. flashes yeah, yeah exactly so i just thought that was cool and like for me again when i see something like that mm. come full circle that's where i love wrestling the most cause was that's it cool for
0: you too because you were kind of like hidden throughout the day kind of the secret surprise
1: i was so nervous dude holy <laughs> hell i sat in that hotel room going oh my god we're actually about to do it huh me and my big mouth <laughs> so it was uh but it, it, it was just it was just cool man i um there's nothing more satisfying than being able to manifest your ideas in such a great fashion for any person out there. Whatever, like Whatever you do, whether that's like wrestling or singing, mm-hmm. when you're in athletic performance, you're a boxer, kickboxer, it doesn't matter what you have in your head and you can manifest that. There is no bigger reward than that. Mm-hmm. For me, for mm-hmm. me as a creative person, that was, you know, it can make me fall in love with everything all over again, because right. it was such a good payoff. And The crowd reaction was great and, you know, the buzz afterwards was great and it was just one of those things where I was like, we really did something. Mm -hmm. And even if it's just something that I can take in my pocket and say I did that, that's fine. You know what I mean? Because for me, it worked. And I think for the company, it worked. And that's maybe even more important so that it worked for the company. Um, because that's important. You want to bring, you, you know, you don't want to you don't want to second guess this. You right. don't want you don't want to go. Well, I don't know if they're going to react. They might react. No, no, no. I, I I was I was like, no. This is what we're doing. This is how we're doing. And I'm I'm sure this is you know. And it paid off. Right. Every way that I like had it in my head, is how it played out. And there was nothing more satisfying than that.
0: It was great too because you come in at a very high level. Obviously, attacking Arn, like you mentioned yep. and Cody. <laughs> so I, I like that too. Like you came in with purpose. Yeah. It wasn't just like here's Malachi Black and watch out baby (laughs) he's doing some random stuff here we go yeah Yeah.
1: and obviously we're progressing that and that's you know that's like like, that's like a really cool thing um you know very very similar mindsets here Mm. to mine you know very similar ideas which i really really appreciate and again i think that's the part that makes that makes you know to bring back the, the the start of the conversation that's the part that makes my brain go this is correct. Mm-hmm. This is how it should, it's the be. Way it should be. This is the way it should be. What are
0: some of the big differences that you notice in the time you've been here between AEW and WWE?
1: Just the level of understanding for a lot of the things. More so with the main roster, is that you have a platform to talk. You can voice your ideas, mm-hmm. and your ideas are not going to get, yeah, we're not doing that. Right. You know, not everything has to, like, you know as well as I do that wrestling is based on risk a lot of times you have to take a risk with a storyline. You're going to have to take a risk with a promo. You're going to have to take a risk with two guys. It, It all comes down to like, let's make this, let's do our best to make this work. But you never have a guarantee and I feel that there is less micromanaging and going. Hey, you know what? Let's just organically let right. this happen, and we'll see what the payoff is. And we can always, we can always damage control to an extent, right? We can always fix something. We can always, we can always change, of course. We can always change the direction. We can always make something, make something work with what we are, what we are presenting, and whatever comes out of it, we can take it and we can roll it into a different ball and we can stick it right there. Right. And. I feel there, they're trying to micromanage that rolling in the ball process too much because there can't be any margin for error. And here it's like, because there is, there is room for it, there isn't any. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where, there isn't like, let's overthink this uh, this process too much. Let's try to get inside the mind of one individual and try to see and try to think of this is his vision on things. There is, this is how we think it works. Okay. You agree with that? All right, let's let's execute. Right, let's give it. it a try. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Let's execute it. And I think that there's a level of trust here that we as professionals know what we're doing. Where there, it's not necessarily distrust, but there's more like, nah, we'll we'll do it our way. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like it, it loses a lot of its organic flow. While the reality is that locker room is full of brilliant people. Right. Same as here. You know what I mean? Like the locker rooms are great on both ends. I think there's more talent in the business now, more creative minds now, in whichever locker room you go into now, than ever before. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a testimony of like, the healthy state of the business itself, the Mm -hmm. locker rooms, right? But I think that for me, that organic, the drive to have things happen organically, and just letting it go. Mm I think that's, for me, that's the biggest, right. biggest difference because it makes ev- everybody enjoy the process so much more and the learning from it is much better mm-hmm. because now you're picking up on it because now you can you can soak it up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
0: Last two things for you. Now that you're here, obviously you're working with Cody, Big Angle. Is there some other guys that you have your eyes on that you want to work with being the new guy? Well, Chris. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so yes. Well, yeah, yeah. But like... Of course I want to work with you. I'd be stupid not to say that I want to I, that I wouldn't want to work with you. But, you know, I want to work with Chris Daniels as well. We got Frankie Kazarian. Like now Nick Gage comes in. You're going to have a crazy, crazy, crazy night ahead of you. You know what I mean? There's like, like Sammy Guevara. I want to work with Sammy Guevara. There's like, you know, Powerhouse Hobbs. You know, there's all these like really cool young kids that are like up and about now that have such a different style. And I feel like I look at them and I can see and tell them, like, hey. You know what? I can work with that guy, and I can give him the few little hints that make him really. You know, mm-hmm. I can give him those few little tips that make him make, make him make him that that much better, or like give him give him, give him the keys to like the next the next level for them. Right, right. And there's an extensive amount of people here that want to. Another guy, person that I would really love, love to work with is Sonny. Mm-hmm. I think Sonny is awesome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like like, how amazing! Yeah, untapped for sure. hundred percent. You know, there is there is tons of potential here, and that's one of the things that I really like stepping into the locker room is kind of like sitting here observing it and seeing like like my old friends like Pepper and stuff at, and like that, and that's another one. I think like The Butcher and the Blade,
0: man, so cool. Yeah. Darby. Like, Everybody's I, got a new life here, you know, even the yes. you guys you've known for years that yeah. you don't know that you do know, because like you said, everyone's excited, and I'm kind of on the same wavelength for sure. Yeah. 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 And uh, I think that's what
1: makes everything so easy. I think that's why everybody goes to work happy. Mm -hmm. You know, I spoke to Miro a lot of times, like even throughout and like talking about guys that I still want to work, you know, Miro is another one. I think everybody brings something very unique to the table and it is in my thought process to immediately start thinking about concepts with Mm -hmm. every person that I meet. I've already like started writing about me and Darby, started Mm -hmm. writing about Mm -hmm. stuff. And I'm like, all right, I got this. I'll I'll lay some groundwork. Mm -hmm. Sammy Guevara, I'll lay some groundwork. Ethan Page, oh, I can do this and this with Ethan Page. Mm -hmm. Chris Jericho, oh, I think we can do, you know what I mean? I'll I'll start making notes straight away because that is the fun process for me. That way I can say, okay, I I, I know who I am. Mm -hmm. I have an idea of who they are. Why don't I sketch something up that I would do with these people in my, my, uh, from my perspective, and let's hear what they think.
0: Well, it's almost expected of you too, because we ha- we appreciate people's input. Because it yep. really is when we say there's no writers, there's no writers. Nope, there's none. We're writing our own stuff together, yep. and that's why it works. Yep. you know, so it's smart for you to be doing that now because yep. you will be using it at some point. Yep, exactly. I, I,
1: I'm uh, I like being prepared. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> more ways than one.
0: Last question for you: of all the mats you've had, is there a few or one that stands out as being your favorite?
1: There's one mass that I often go to, and it's for multiple reasons. I think that every match i've ever had brought something to the table mm-hmm. even when the matches weren't good because i knew what i did wrong mm-hmm. right that's a process every match is a process one of the matches that stands out for me not only for its quality but for the level of confidence that i had at the time is my match with uh, ricochet against the war raiders mm. and the reason why is that number one me and me and trevor were a makeshift acting they just put us together, put together yeah. and I've known, I've known Ricochet for a very long time, extremely talented individual. Um, definitely in the last 10, 15 years, one of the high flyers that a lot of people have looked up to. Same as like puck, you know, they come from that same, same, same background, same era. Me and uh, Ricochet at the time were called up three months prior. And we were working every SmackDown, every Raw, every nxt every live event we were home one day a week for mm. three months at a time kind of fell back to what we were just ta- talking about the travel part and right I, I thrive in that situation right you come home you do your laundry you go to the gym <laughs> the next day you, you know you got your tickets boom you go you, you know you, you jump in the car you go to the gym you go to life mm. and th- that you know that yeah. propels it, right i felt so sharp then i felt like i was untouchable mm. and then we had that match of takeover i remember there was no nerves I was just excited ready. I was just ready. And my music hit. The entire crowd started singing along. We had the match, and the match was just oozing with confidence. And just four dudes that I grew up with on the independent scene on that stage right before WrestleMania. It felt great. Yeah. And that was one of the matches. But, again, every match, and that's going to happen here too, every match I'm going to do is going to be a process So ask me that question again in a year's time and I will give you a completely different answer Mm -hmm.
0: probably. Probably many more different answers you could have. Yeah. Well, dude, it's great to have you here, man. It's very exciting. Thank you for uh, having me, man. One of these days, man. (laughs) Someday we'll have to do Malachi Black versus Jericho versus the Painmaker. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll figure it out, man.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, dude. Good stuff, dude.